Hey, Josh Schwartz here, co-founder of Open Quorum. Before the program starts, I wanted to tell you a little bit about our organization and why we need no one other than you to make it the best it could be. Open Quorum produces podcasts, videos, sweet Jewish swag, and awesome events like Sermon Slam, which has already rocked its way into three major cities and generated some amazing Divrei Torah. We're so excited that you're excited about making Torah creative, engaging, and relevant, and that's why we need your help. Open Quorum is fiercely independent and totally self-funded. If you can, please donate to our Kickstarter. Search for Sermon Slam, all one word. Last but not least, if you want a Sermon Slam in your city, don't hesitate to knock on our digital door by clicking on the link on our website, sermonslam.openquorum.com, and we'll do everything we can to help you bring innovation and Torah creation to your own personal laboratory. Beam those radio waves straight to the soul. Hello again. My name is David Svi Kalman, and you're listening to the Sermon Slam podcast. Sermon Slam is a poetry slam, but it's for sermons, for stories, for poems, for plays, for anything else that doesn't take too long to tell. Each Sermon Slam event focuses on a Jewish theme, and some of each night's performances are posted online. Our most recent Sermon Slam event was on January 22, 2013, in Brooklyn. This was also a first time running an event in a synagogue. The theme for the evening was Sanctuaries and Tabernacles. In case you're not 100% familiar with the Hebrew Bible, the second half of the book of Exodus talks about a building called the Tabernacle, which God said would be a sanctuary while the Jews traveled through the desert towards the Promised Land. We're going to release some of the performances from that event over the next few weeks. In this podcast, we have two great performances for you. First off, Gina Davidovich performed a piece called Ayeka, which is a Hebrew word that means, where are you? Here's Gina. and sisters of the tribe. Did you ever stay up past your bedtime when you were a kid and watch those pastors on TV, healing the sick with their touch, sealing destinies of Christ's believers, while you, little Jewish overachiever, sat in your Power Ranger jammies and wondered why your religion wasn't that cool? Well, we may not have had Christmas or Easter, but hey, just for all those nights we shared together, can I get an amen? Amen! Amen! Amen actually has numerical value of 91, which is the same as when you add Elohim and Adonai. Shit. Now that's minus two points for me for using the name of God in vain twice now. But maybe tonight we can figure out a way to talk to this God who has so many names, who is fire by night and smoke by day, who covers his face but heals the sick, slows the hurried, and reminds the quick that he is the maker of rains and grains, and the king of all kings, blessed be his name. But unlike that TV pastor, I can't give you the permission to believe because it seems that I have been a dogmatic underachiever, unsure of where to go when one rabbi tells me I'm wrong, but my conscience tells me to write, 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 even if my words are heretical sometimes and have lost me my place in the world to come, which I've heard might be one of the five towns, in which case I'd prefer to just remain underground. <laughs> sure, I can tell you the name of prophets and saints Sages name exegetes and recite phrases, but all that is little good without knowing what to ask. 
You see, they never taught me to think for myself. I was too busy learning to bake challah for a schoola so I wouldn't be another statistic for Shabbos table shidduch crisis lashon hara. <laughs> I suppose then my question to the one on high, master of the earth and sky, is the same as he asked of one of us not so long ago. Where are you? It must have been cold, not vortex cold, but cold nonetheless in Eden with only a fig leaf to protect newly found nudity in Adam and Eve, the sinners of the tree, suddenly imbued with new wisdom. They must have been so high on the knowledge of good and evil that of course they didn't know where they were when God asked them. So when they ran away hand in hand east of Eden past the cherubim to live in punishment for original, original sin, they stole a piece of the garden, their Selim Elohim, the part in each human that enables them to perform the alchemy of bringing together mundane and holy. They would need it to survive in a place where God's face can't be as clearly seen and truth is kind of like a pixelated screen. So now God is alone in his heavenly home and he wonders if we've worked up the nerve to answer at last, where are we? Where am I? I protest. I hit my chest thousands of times every year and I fast and I read your books and I suffer your rules and I have broken my parents' bank to attend your schools and you have the nerve to ask where I am? Where were you when we whispered never again? Could it be that of the six million you couldn't find ten righteous men? Where are you? when men die for God and call out your name and separation plagues a nation that bears your crest, you want to know where I am? Well, I confess that I don't know, but this seems like an unfair test when we both aren't sure how to proceed. I want to know where you are, and you want the same from me. But still, I ask every day, like Moses at Sinai, begging to see God's face. Why is he hiding from me in Eden when I so badly need him? I plead with the cherubim to let me in. I don't know how to rid myself of this impurity to find him, but the cherubim may put down their flaming swords like a promise, whisper something undeniably true. Yes, they hand me a scroll. You do. So I trudged through the text of Exodus, feeling lost in a desert of plagues and the Reed Sea, to turning my eyes away from the horrors of the golden calf, only to see the tabernacle before me, paragraphs of mathematics and geometry that never suited me, a list of rules for an architect, but where is a poet to find respite among the directions for assembly? I run to wash my feet for this hallowed ground, birds, my sinful souls. I walk through the courtyard in the shadow of sacrifice, but I fear no evil. I creep through the holy smelling spices as familiar as mother's perfume when suddenly God emerges with a smile. There you are, my child. He stretches his limbs like he hasn't descended from his throne of the cherubim in quite a while. Here I am. Stop beating your chest and fasting against your will. There is one commandment you must fulfill and one way to find me. Be holy. Questions stir in my throat like hungry lions. My mind can't quite be still and I'd kill for some of that kiddish wine. But God spins me around and shows me the tabernacle. Nothing really but wood and thread, gold and bread, items which individually do not sing a song of divinity, but together under the menorah's everlasting light, each piece is a symphony that can make you cry if you look closely enough to see how the most mundane in the proper space can become the most holy. We do not suffer from a lack of knowledge or religiosity. We suffer from blindness, the inability to see each person as a beacon of what is godly. We climb the totem pole of religion to fear more whole by thinking everyone beneath us is lowly. So Adam and Eve, they could never exist in a place 
place where there was no mundane. They needed their bodies to see that they could be the holiest of holy only when encountering immortality. And the evil that we see, well, God didn't stay that long to explain it to me. But on my way out, the cherubim whispered, each time you pen a word, make sure that you see the Salamelochim in each rhyme. And every time you share your poetry, when you're up on a stage, take a moment to stand, look up and say, here I am. That was Gina Davidovich. You can find Gina's performance as well as performances from previous Sermon Slams on YouTube. Just type in Sermon Slam. Our New York event was sponsored by Make It Happen Grant from the Schusterman Foundation and by Congregation Beth Elohim. Next up, we have a performance by Brandon Bernstein, who is also one of the evening's MCs. You might say that Brandon is a professional sermon writer, as he is also he is a rabbinical student at the Hebrew Union College Jewish Institute of Religion. Sermons at the last minute. Brandon Bernstein. This felt more slam appropriate. If you kneel next to a bookcase without laying out a carpet first, the corners will spontaneously crack into pieces and you will be frowning. That at least seems to be the message that Ikea wants to send me. You see, it's 10.28 p.m. some night this past September, and I'm building a Billy bookcase from Ikea. But the instructions appear to be written in some wordless form of hieroglyphics, and I refuse to call the Ikea helpline no matter how often the pictographics want me to. So now I'm attempting to translate Swedish nonverbal instructions into English while wondering at what point my neighbors will knock on my door for me to stop hammering all those tiny nails into the back of my billy. <laughs> Truth be told, I'm kind of frustrated that I have to build this bookcase at all. I wish I was at a point in life when I could afford to just buy a bookcase that somebody else already assembled for me. I want to skip ahead to that part of life five or 10 or 40 years hence where I have it all figured out. I want to reach my finished product. But so far, I've only managed to skip ahead to today. And today, instead of IKEA instructions, I'm reading chapters 25 through 27 of the book of Exodus, but it's just as tedious and boring and uninspiring. Listen, dealing with Parashat Truma is a bit like winning some bizarre anti-lottery because I have all the right numbers, but they're being used to measure out two and a half cubits by one and a half cubits. And instead of using my winnings to buy myself that Brooklyn brownstone, I'm supposed to give up some of my money so we can build a fancy new home for God. A supposed sanctuary. It's all just build this and measure that and affix two cherubim made of gold facing each other that God's voice may emerge from between them to meet me. They've assured me 
that these dry details can actually speak to me, that they matter in some way in my life. The Torah tells me to sit down and study carefully these words when I lie down and when I rise up. But the world tells me this is a luxury I cannot afford. If it can't fit into 140 characters, if it can't be heard in less than five minutes, if it can't be ordered online and delivered overnight fully assembled, well, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. You build me a sanctuary, and I will take refuge in it. You summarize the Torah portion, and I will learn from it. Just make it available for me in five easy payments, or in four easy steps, or in three easy mantras, or in two simple terms. Anything so I don't have to do the one thing I don't want to do. Everything is time or money, and I don't want to spend either. I just want to have it now. But you won't do these things for me, because you can't. Not honestly. So I'm left here waiting in silence, just me all alone with chapters from this book, trying to make sense of a foreign how-to manual, except this time there is no 1-800 number I can call for help. But there is this rabbi from Kotsk who tells me that when God says, and they shall make me a sanctuary that I may abide bitocham, among them, that it really means among them and not within it. That among them really means among us. That among us really means each person must build a sanctuary within his or her own heart and that their God will dwell. And I start to realize that even if you had built me a tabernacle, that wouldn't make it a sanctuary. Even if you had given me the space, that wouldn't fill it with holiness or happiness. No, nothing is given freely, but I am free to take the initiative. Because it turns out that tedious process I spent so much of my life trying to avoid because I had better things to do is exactly what I was looking for every time I sought a shortcut to that better place. It turns out that building the bookcase is just as satisfying as seeing all of my novels fit snugly between its shelves. I can't have a sanctuary worth residing in without first constructing it myself. The world hints that I should process all the stimulation from its newest product. The Torah stimulates me by hinting that there is no product, only process. After all, it's the only instruction manual in my life that every time I reach its final words, I immediately scroll back and start reading it again from the beginning. There is no final product, only process. So I'll stand here with my instructions as frustratingly tedious as ever, and I'll just keep reading them. Because if I gaze long enough at the facts and figures and measurements, then maybe, just maybe, I'll hear God's sweet voice emerging from the space between us as though the text and I 
were two cherubim facing each other. That was Brandon Bernstein, who emceed our event along with Samantha Cooperberg and some very memorable piano accompaniment from Jonah Rank. Thanks as well to Rabbi Mark Katz for letting us use the synagogue space, and thanks especially to Michal Richardson, who coordinated our first, but definitely not our last, New York event. Sermon Slam is a project of Open Quorum, a new online platform for creating, curating, and promoting excellent Jewish ideas and creative expression. Learn more about us at sermonslam.openquorum.org. We're bringing Sermon Slam all over the country in the next few months. If you'd like us to bring Sermon Slam to your city, let us know at sermonslam.openquorum.org. We'll be back next week to bring you more performances from the evening. My name is David Svikalman, and thanks for listening to the Sermon Slam podcast. So whether they think it's far or cold or hard to travel all the way home, gotta go home, gotta go home, you gotta go home, you gotta go home, cause the bill's gonna close at 10, and it's almost 10 o'clock, everybody's gotta go home right now, cause Sermon Slam is done, everybody's gotta go home right now, everyone, this Sermon Slam is over. We've got to clean up this place. Everybody's got to go home right now. The sermon slam is done. Everybody's slowly making their way out. Everybody's slowly making their way out. If they're not, they better be, or else they're going to get locked in the shore. Sermon Slam took a lot of people to put the whole thing together And now it's time to go outside and face that real cold weather Everybody's gotta go home right now cause Sermon Slam is done And everybody's gotta go home right now cause Sermon Slam is done And everybody's gotta go home If you don't go home right now you're gonna be living in the shore forever So you just gotta go right home Everybody's gotta go home right now, cause Sermon Slam is done. Everybody's gotta go home right now, cause Sermon Slam is done.